want to welcome you to Boiling Springs Baptist Church this morning. You may have seen as you were coming in that we had a slideshow from our vacation Bible school that took place this past week. Uh, just a, a brief word about that. We had an excellent week here at VBS with our submerged theme. Ellen and Julie and Elena and all of the teachers and leaders that were here uh, this past week for VBS did a fantastic job. The kids had a great time. Uh, we had somewhere around 80 to 85 kids here just about every night. Um, and so we had an excellent week at VBS, and we're very, very happy with the past week that we've had. Uh, like I said, I just wanted to welcome you here this morning. Uh, if you're a visitor here this morning, uh, we would invite you to uh, connect with one of our staff members, uh, either at the back of our church or, or, or find a member here in the church. We would love to, to talk to you this morning, uh, to get to know more about you. Uh, and, and we're just excited that you are here and that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. Uh, we also want to take note of these flowers that are placed in our sanctuary this morning. Uh, these flowers are placed here uh, in memory of Bruce Rabin and Andrew Rabin on their birthdays that are coming up here shortly on the 16th and 18th. Uh, Diane and family, uh, we will continue to uh, keep you in our prayers and, and think of your family uh, during this, this special time. Uh, we also want to take notice of our bulletin this morning. If you grabbed one on your way in, uh, we'd invite you to take this tear out that is placed in your bulletin uh, to tear it out if you would choose to do so. Uh, you can fill it out this morning if you're a visitor uh, or if you have a prayer request that you would like the staff or members of the church to pray for you or if you're interested in learning about our care ministry. If you're interested in joining our care ministry or, or getting more information on that, we would invite you to fill out this tear out and to place it in the offering plate as it goes by uh, this morning. Uh, just a few quick announcements of some things happening uh, tonight and in the coming week. Uh, just to want to take a note on the back of our bulletin that the hiking trip that was scheduled for today has been canceled due to the heat. Uh, so because of the heat, that trip has been canceled and it has been rescheduled for this Friday, June 16th. Uh, they'll leave the church at 8.30 in the morning on Friday. Uh, this trip is geared towards college students, but it is also welcome to anyone in the church. Um, so if you're interested in going hiking this Friday, June 16th, uh, the ch we will be leaving at 8.30 uh, in the morning. Uh, we also want to take note of some things happening this week. This coming Wednesday night, Ellen is going to be uh, leading a family fun night here at the church. Uh, we'll have kickball out on the softball field. There will be some games for some of the little ones. Uh, it will start at 6 o'clock Wednesday night, and we're excited about the time that, that's going to be had this summer with these family nights, uh, which will start this Wednesday. Uh, we also want to take notice of Father's Day which will be next Sunday. Uh, there will be carnations placed in our sanctuary next Sunday. Today is the last day to order those carnations. They're $5 a piece. Uh, if you would like to find a youth and purchase one from them, you can also fill out the information that's on the back of your bulletin uh, or call the church office as soon as possible uh, this week to go ahead and purchase those carnations that will be in our sanctuary uh, next Sunday morning. I also want to take notice and hopefully provide for some comfort for those of you who maybe looked at the back of your bulletin and were confused by the um, financial information that's printed on the back of your bulletin. Uh, that financial information is incorrect, um, and so we just wanted to take note of that and comfort you in knowing that that will be fixed next week, uh, but do not worry, that financial information um, is not correct. Uh, we also want to take notice that tonight at 6 p.m., 
we'll have our daycare graduation. Our daycare is such a wonderful ministry led by Dawn, uh, who will be with us this morning, who will talk a little bit more about that. We would invite you all to come back for that daycare graduation at 6 o'clock this evening. Uh, I was asked this morning to make a quick announcement that there is a silver Honda Accord in our parking lot that has uh, the visor is down in the car and the lights were left on. And so if you think that may be your car, uh, we would just ask that you would, we wanted to make sure that you were aware and so you could go and and take care of that. But we are excited that you are here with us this morning, that you've chosen to worship with us at Boiling Springs. Uh, At this time, um, Doug Bryan is going to come up this morning and so we would invite you to worship along with us. Good morning. I'm going to start the, uh, a moment of introduction and appreciation with an apology. My Sunday school class got out much later than I thought today. It was just a couple of minutes before uh, 11, and I'm just shocked that we had so much discussing about Zacchaeus. There's more to him than being just a wee little man who climbed a tree. But uh, we, I cannot do apologize. Uh, the summers are a wonderful time of, of meeting new friends, having transitions, um, and also a time to, uh, to say thank you to people who have been such a part of our lives in certain roles. And this morning, I uh, want to uh, have a word of appreciation to uh, Linda and Roger Lowe on behalf of the worship leadership that they have provided for us for about the last 10 months. As you have read in the bulletin and as you know in terms of other uh, avenues of information, we're beginning a a transition uh, in the uh, worship leadership. And I'm going to ask, and while Roger is now our uh, Minister of Media and Technology and Organist, I'm going to ask that Linda come forward for a moment. I will embarrass her. She does not really want to do this, but I have requested that she do this. Linda, if you would join me for a moment. Linda is one of the finest individuals in terms of character, in terms of compassion, and in terms of talent that we have as a part of Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We want to give a word of thanks to her for her worship leadership for almost the past year. We've had a lot of transitions. We've had a lot of use of the word interim. We've had a lot of things going on, but hopefully now we're moving to a state uh, of more permanency and less fluidity. Uh, And so we want to say thank you uh, to Linda on behalf of the church. The church is presenting her with a small token of appreciation for her worship leadership. And, of course, we're grateful to Roger as well. But for this one moment, I want this to be Linda's moment. And so if you would join me in applauding her. It's really been an honor and a, and a blessing to me to have the opportunity to do that. And, um, and it's also going to be nice to enjoy someone else doing that for a while, too. But, um, but th- thank you very much.
as I said, I came into the uh, sanctuary auditorium a moment late, and from the seat on the pew where I was seated, I could not see to this chair here. So I had a moment of panic if I was going to welcome someone who was not yet present. So I was very grateful as walking up the stairs to see that there was someone seated there and it was the right person. Um, today we're uh, very privileged to have as our, uh, our guest minister of music for the summer, again part-time, Dr. David Dennis. And you have to be very careful when you say his name because his name is like my name. It could be two first names, Doug Bryan, David Dennis. So sometimes I've called in Dennis on occasion, and I didn't mean that as a rough way of uh, talking to him. But, uh, and sometimes in his emails, he will sign his uh, email D uh, to the power of two or D squared. But I don't think you'll find him to be a squared individual. But again, um, <laughs> He is visiting, um, he'll be visiting uh, with us this summer. Uh, his wife is a librarian at the university. He's spending the summer here, and he will lead us in worship. He is a talented individual who spent 30 years or so uh, in higher uh, education at Union University in Tennessee uh, in the area of choral directing, and I think uh, piano as well. So we look forward to worshiping uh, under his uh guidance and that of Keith and now we're going to hear from Don who's going to bring us part of the or bring us the uh, uh, mission moment Don oh, okay you guys enjoyed that that's just a, a brief moment of what we have planned for you tonight we have 11 children graduating the majority of those kids have been here since six weeks um, there should be about 70 kids performing for you tonight and our staff and our teachers have worked so hard we hope that you can join us tonight thank you
Thank you, Cheryl and Roger, for that beautiful music. As was mentioned last week, there's a, a challenge that has been placed in front of our church to read through uh, the entire book of Psalms during the course of this summer. Um, and so this morning, I'm going to be uh, leading us as we read from the book of Psalms, chapter 24. I would invite you to follow along with me or to uh, listen along with me as I read this morning uh, from the book of Psalms, chapter 24. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it. For he founded it upon the seas, and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol, or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. May God bless the reading of his word. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. Please stand as we sing hymn 202, I'll hail the power of Jesus' name. <laughs>
I welcome the children to come forward. I've got helpers today. I want to tell you a little bit today about what we did this week. These kids and your staff, Vacation Bible School, had a phenomenal week. They learned something in a song. They won't sing it for you, but it's called Bubble Up. And what's bubbling up? Can you tell them what's bubbling up? My helpers have become quiet. Bubbling up inside of them is their love for Jesus. They learn that if they take Jesus into their heart, that the love they have for him bubbles up. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. They learned in Sunday school this morning that Jesus can go snap, crackle, and pop. And that Jesus doesn't want us to be quiet. So now that school is out and we have different things to do, then we don't need to sit and be quiet. We need to be snap, crackle, and pop. Invite someone to come to church. Invite someone to join your children in a children's activity. Let the love of Lord and the love of Jesus that's in your heart bubble up. Tonight, I'd like to invite you to a special ceremony. You saw Miss Georgia sing. She loves to sing. I've been with these daycare children since October. You need to see these children. They come from every area, every kind of home life that there is. But the love they get on Monday through Friday is the love of Jesus, and it bubbles up. So come tonight and watch them, from the babies to the new graduates. Join them and watch them share their love that they have for Jesus and each other. Watch Miss Georgia put on her cap and gown and be a graduate. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, this is the day that you have made. Let us be joyful and be glad in it. The children have bubbled up this week, Lord. They've submerged themselves in your love. They've let you take hold of their heart. Lord, this needs to continue. Our bubbling needs to continue. We don't need to sit still. We don't need to be quiet. We need to let our love of you continue. Walk with us today, Lord. Be with us through the week. Protect us. Watch over these children. Watch over their families. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We had an absolutely wonderful week of Bible school. You'll hear me say a little bit more about that during my sermon this week, but I could not be more uh, excited about the children and what they learned and what they experienced and our workers as well. Um, we need to be mindful this morning before we pray of uh, Hannah and Celeste Thurman uh, as they are in Honduras this week with many others from Camps Creek and various other places. It was a blessing. We had one of our own church members who was at the airport, I think it was in Greenville, couple well, yesterday morning, Saturday morning, and they sent a text and a message to several men and people, uh, several men happened to receive the text, I know, that uh, indicated that there was a group going to Honduras, there was a group going to Costa Rica, there was another group of youth in there with red t-shirts on that had something, they were obviously going somewhere, and what a blessing it is to know, and we need to be mindful as a church, that we join together with thousands of others, not only here uh, in the surrounding area, these people were leaving again from Greenville, so they couldn't be too far from us. Uh, they are joining uh, with others across the country this year in, in many uh, short-term mission trips that are taking place. And so let's be mindful of these that are traveling and sharing and, and demonstrating to others God's love this summer. Uh, we have two, I don't want to say so much special guests with us today, but two people that I do want to recognize as well. Uh, as we prayed for Hannah and Celeste last Sunday, I want to pray for these two and have them share just a, a very quick word about the ministry they're involved in. But if Chris and and Kristen could come uh, join me on the pulpit this or at the pulpit this morning. Uh, Kristen is the daughter of Mark and Teresa Heffelfinger. Many of you know them, uh, may know Kristen quite well, and have gotten to know Chris. I know others have come through this morning, Chris, uh, uh, having met you and spent some time with you, but we're glad that you're here. Chris and Kristen are involved in a new church plant in Wilmington, and uh, Chris, I believe, is going to share just a, a brief word about that. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we were talking to Keith just before, and he said to be quick, and I'm a pastor. I don't know how to do that. So I hope to be done by noon. Uh, that's a brief update on the life of the plant. Um, no, we, we have been in Greenville, uh, Kristen, for the past 10 years. I've been there uh, for the past seven, and we are in the process of relocating our lives to the city of Wilmington to plant a church there. Uh, it's us and our daughter, uh, Ramsey Jane, and 14 other people are joining us who have sold homes or got out of leases and quit jobs to find new jobs, uh, to go to Wilmington to plant Restoration Church. Uh, just briefly, m most people probably wonder, well, why go uh, to Wilmington? And the answer is not the beach, although that's part of the answer. Um, but if you look within a five-mile radius of where we live and where we want to see the church plant uh, take place, 30% uh, of the population that lives within a five-mile radius of where we will be is currently unengaged in any spiritual issues in their life. They don't regard spirituality in any, in any form as something that matters to them. And so there's a great need to be there to get to know people. Uh, and so briefly, I'll just share a few ways that you could pray for us. Um, one is just as we move and as we get settled in homes and in apartments, uh, that the Lord would grant us favor with great relationships with our neighbors, that we would get to know our neighbors, invite them in, share life with them, figure out where they are, um, and then be bold in sharing uh, the gospel with them. Uh, the second thing that I would say to pray for is just uh, for unity among the churches in the city of Wilmington. Wilmington's the eighth largest city in the state and one of the fastest growing areas in the state. And so as cities grow well, there are healthy churches in those cities. And so we want to go down uh, not to show other churches how to do church, but to join in the work that the other existing churches are already doing in the city uh, to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, and lastly, uh, at no surprise with the church plant, uh, pray for finances. Uh, we have 14 people, uh, but it takes uh, a lot even now of building up a reserve of money to be able to have our first service, 
hopefully by uh, sometime the first part of next year. Uh, so be praying for those. If you have any questions, I'll be around uh, after the service. But thank you so much for the chance to share this morning. Uh, let's also be in prayer. Um, we need to remember uh, Reginald Dawkins. Uh, he had an accident this week but is doing well. And so, Reginald, we're thinking of you. But also uh, Bob Blackburn, who had procedure this week, and he is doing well. So uh, let's join now for a word of prayer. If you guys can come up this way, I'd like to pray for you as well. Father, we just thank you for this day. We're thankful for uh, Chris and Kristen uh, answering the call, Father, not only to ministry, but to call to, to plant a new church. And, uh, Father, this is, is truly a mission. And, Father, one that they feel and others that they have been called to. So bless them and others that are joining them as they move, as they transition their lives and their families. Father, protect them, provide for their needs. And, Father, give them fruitful ministry as they begin there in Wilmington. Lord, we're thankful for others who we know of this week who are going all over the world to share and be ambassadors for the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we pray for their protection and provision as well. We pray for fruitful ministries and fruitful uh, short-term mission trips that these individuals are on. Father, we're thankful for our church and for what you're doing here. We're grateful for those who have put their faith and trust in you this week at Bible school. We're grateful for, the ch for all the children who came and heard and received messages of your love. Father, we're grateful for the workers who were here this week as well uh, and, and just the wonderful spirit that you blessed us with. Father, we're grateful for what you're doing here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And Father, remind us that you have called each of us to be involved, to be engaged. And Father, help us to discover and learn our place in ministry here. Lord, as we all journey through life together and we share many sorrows and joys along the way, Father, I pray each day, Lord, uh, that you uh, would meet each one here at the point of their need. Father, you know those things that are going on within our own individual journeys, and Lord, we ask for your presence in the midst of them. Bless this service this day. We're thankful for uh, David Dennis and his presence uh, with us this morning and this summer. We ask for your blessings on his leadership with us. We give you this day and this service. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I've got to warn you about a couple of things in this next hymn. Um, I was talking to Roger this morning, and we thought that it would be a great idea if we sang the third stanza without accompaniment. So when the organ stops playing on the third stanza, you keep singing. Promise me that, okay? And then he's going to do something a little fancy, I think, on the fourth stanza. So Cheryl's going to drop out for the fourth stanza, and he's going to do something fancy. So if you'll just sing the melody on the fourth stanza, and then we'll all come together on the final stanza as well. But right now, let's start with stanza one, hymn 330, and let's go ahead and stand for that.
Before I pray, I just want to take a brief moment and thank the church as a whole for all of your prayers and support in the passing of my grandmother. Um, I have definitely felt the prayers, and so has my family. And I just want to let you know that I have the utmost confidence that God is using this church to bring restoration and love into a hurting world. And I just want to thank you. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this day, for this church. I pray that as you continue to use our church in amazing ways, we remember that nothing is impossible with you. Open our hearts that we may give of our time and of our talents and our finances so that you may do immeasurably more through us. We love you. We praise you. Move in us. Amen.
I would ask if you are able to stand as we honor our God in the reading of his scriptures. Our scripture reading is taken from Genesis 25, verses 19 through 34. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethel, the Aramean, from Padan, Aram, and sister of Laban. Isaiah prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So he, she went to the Lord to inquire. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your room. Two peoples from within you will be separated, and one people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, they were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he, named, he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of the red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank. Then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright.
Thank you, Roger and Cheryl and Dr. David Dennis. We're glad that you're here with us for the summer. We look forward to getting to know you more and having some great times of worship together. I want to thank them for the acapella verse of Amazing Grace. I think I could sense your enjoyment of that as well as mine. Uh, and it precipitated my taking off my coat. And that precipitates a story, does it not? Uh, but I, uh, on Mother's Day and certain Sundays of the year, my grandparents, my parents grew up in Caswell County, North Carolina. There's nothing in Caswell County but tobacco fields and cornfields and a few houses scattered around. And I remember going to Bush Arbor Primitive Baptist Church, uh, and uh, they always sing a cappella at the Primitive Baptist Church, and um, that's what you call it, I guess, with the shaped notes. And uh, I remember, especially on those hot summer days, uh, they would uh, open up the windows as well. And so I started, my mind started drifting to windows. And as I started thinking about windows, I started thinking about how hot it was. And as I started thinking about how hot it was, I thought about how I was hot and how I noticed that when I stepped up on the platform that it literally was about a degree or two warmer up here. And I can't imagine, choir, how you're doing back there in those robes. So those folks that are in the balcony, God bless you. Um, <laughs> I see you fanning up there, but we're glad you're here today. Uh, last Sunday, enough about the, the weather. Last Sunday, we started a new sermon series uh, called Charting the Course, Help for Navigating Life's Journey. What can you and I learn from some of the Old Testament heroes who we learned about in Sunday school or maybe in Bible school, as some of the kids did this last week? And so what can we, as we look to their journey, as we look to their story, what can we learn about our own journey and our own story? What are the similarities? What are the things that are different? And so we're going to look uh, to this morning to Jacob, and we're going to set sail with Jacob and go on a voyage with Jacob. Uh, I don't know how your voyage and your journey has been this week, but ours has, has been quite eventful. We've had a wonderful week here with Bible school and just a lot going on at church, but a lot of good stuff. It's not just activity for the sake of activity, uh, but God is blessing and God is working in the lives of children and adults and people within our community who have, uh, many of which came in and had connections with our church for the very first time this week as a result of Bible school. So I praise the Lord for that. Last week, we began with Abraham, and we learned how God called Abraham, and he told him to set off on a new course, a new journey. And by the way, I'm not telling you all the details. And so Abraham uh, responded, and he responded with, yes, I will go. And he left not knowing all the details. He left uh, walking into the midst of the uncertainty. And we, we learned the fact as well that God used Abraham despite his flaws and despite his imperfections. And I'm grateful, church, can I get an amen, that God still uses imperfect people today to accomplish his will. Amen? Amen. amen. But the scripture tells us uh, Abraham's journey started when he was 75. So remember that, people, all right? God called him to start a new mission when he was 75, okay? 
Um, he and Sarah fathered Isaac, and Abraham was close to 100 years old. We later read of the marriage of Isaac and Rebekah and the twins uh, that struggled within her uh, being Jacob and Esau. And thank you for reading that for us, Diane. Today we're going to go on a journey with Jacob. Before we travel and learn from Jacob, I want to introduce the church to something that I hope will continue in conversations in Sunday school rooms and in parking lots and throughout the summer and maybe even beyond that, but I don't want to ask you too much. Uh, but I want to introduce you to something that the youth were introduced to last summer before going off to camp, which, by the way, we didn't talk a lot about this, but if you see some that are a little blurry-eyed this morning, they stayed up all night Friday night. Uh, there are about 35, 38 youth, and Alan and Mary and some other adults, and so uh, I am grateful for just a wonderful lock-in. I know Alan is and Mary as well. But um, last summer, before the youth set off to camp, we gathered, as they were about to leave on the buses out front, we gathered in the back of the sanctuary there and just had a little bit of a, a prayer time before we left, and I challenged the youth in a way that I want to challenge the church this summer. My hope is, like I said, these conversations, this way of having conversations about what God is doing, I hope will go with you throughout the summer and you can share these moments with your family. But what I want you to do, I want you to take both hands and I want you to hold up three fingers on each hand. All right? Then I want you to put them beside your mouth. And I want you to open up your mouth. And what does that spell? Wow. Well, now look to your neighbor and do it. It'll be more funny if you do that. Look to your neighbor. Wow. Wow. Wow moments. Wow moments are when God shows up and does something unexpected. Wow moments can happen when you see a sunrise or a sunset. Wow moments happen in the grocery store line or in the, the line to check out at a store. When you see that somebody doesn't have quite enough money and you see and you witness somebody else paying or helping out and, and taking care of the need there. Wow moments happen this week at Bible school when little kids get off the van and say, I, didn't, I wish I didn't have to go home. I wish I could just stay at Bible school all week. Wow moments happen when I see our workers this week at Bible school and some of the kids that uh, come from all walks of life <clears throat> and they don't know these kids well and they reach down and kiss them on the forehead and said, I'm glad you came to Bible school tonight. Wow moments happen when on Wednesday night, I asked the children, I said, uh, if there are any of you that want to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a Christian, I want to encourage you to stay. And after I pray, some of the uh, other kids are going to go out. But if you want to stay and learn more about what it means to be a Christian, I want to encourage you just to stay here and we'll make sure that you get to your class. Wow moments are when six kids stay and learn more about what it means to be a Christian and invite Jesus to come to live in their heart. Wow moments can happen at home, uh, within our families. Uh, when we hear of our children or uh, a family member, we see them or we hear them expressing uh, great compassion or concern about someone in our community or in our church. Wow moments happened last Sunday when uh, one of our own had a, uh, celebrated 97 years and was celebrated with balloons and cake. And, but wow moments can happen at any time. And I want to encourage you as we move forward as a church family, as we go all kinds of different places as a church family this summer, you've been challenged to read through the Psalms, but I also want to challenge you to be aware of wow moments. I started to say and challenge you to be aware of God sightings, but let's, let's say wow moments. And God, God sightings kind of goes in with this nautical theme. I can see somebody looking out on a boat with the, with the binoculars, you know. Let, we can think about it like that, but let, let's be on the lookout for wow moments this summer. I hope that tonight, I'm sure we've already seen a wow moment dawn with the kids up here in the video, but I'm imagining that we're going to have some, <coughs> excuse me, additional wow moments 
uh, tonight when we watch these kids on the stage here uh, with us. But uh, my first wow moment was as a nine-year-old boy. When I was realized that I was in a Christian home, I went to a, a good church, went to a Christian school, everything about my life seemed to be uh, uh, in that Christian environment. But I realized that I had not made that personal in my own life. And my first wow moment happened when I was nine years old, when I trusted in Christ. Those wow moments continued as a youth, as I got to be involved and go to camps and mission trips and got to be involved in leadership in my youth group. Those wow moments also uh, continued as I went to college and uh, had opportunities and was under the leadership of Dr. Lamb and Cullinan and uh, had opportunities to go on mission trips and to travel and to lead focus weekends, which I know Alan and Mary were involved in and I think met, am I right, through a focus weekend. Uh, my senior year, I got to be focus coordinator, and I got to see a lot of wow moments uh, that were happening all over with these groups going out into places. As a youth minister, I got to experience wow moments when I saw kids uh, in their eyes. And we're going to look at Jacob here in a moment and how Jacob um, had his first, in a way, spiritual encounter, if you will. There wasn't much talked about that in Jacob until uh, in a moment here we'll see that. But um, to see kids who were just going about life as normal and all of a sudden they go off to camp or they go on a mission trip. And those of you who have had youth and this happened, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They come back and you see it in their face. There's some type of wow moment that happened while they were away. And we're thankful for those. I know I am in my own life. I'm thankful for wow moments as a youth minister. I'm thankful for wow moments as a pastor when I see and hear about God moving among his people. And when I see uh, our people not serving in ways to get applause or a pat on the back, but just serving simply because they love God and they want to share God's love with others. And I am thankful that since I've come to Boiling Springs Baptist Church, I have seen many wow moments that I do not have time for this morning happening among our people. I've seen it in ways that you are generous. I've seen it in ways that you serve. I've seen it in ways that you give up your time when you could be doing something else, and you're doing it in service to the Lord. I witness it each week when people come to our food pantry, and we not only give them food, but we also uh, many times pray with them, as I witnessed Betsy and Heidi doing that. Uh, I am thankful for you, and I'm thankful for us as a church. And I'm thankful for my wife, who's bringing me water. <laughs> That's a wow moment. I better not set that on the projector. <clears throat> but... Um, before jumping into Jacob's wow moments, let me give you a, remind us of a little bit of history. And I want to thank Diana, Diana again for reading that. Remember, um, uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob's grandfather is Abraham. We have got Abraham, we've got Isaac, and Isaac and Rebekah. And then uh, Rebekah was barren, and Isaac, uh, uh, Jacob prayed to the Lord and answered, uh, the Lord answered his prayer. And she was now expecting with Jacob and Esau, and it talked about how they were warring within her, if you will, which continued throughout life. And um, Jacob's name is, uh, he can be known as the grabber. Uh, when you look at it, it's a verb in Hebrew that means to grab, and uh, he was grabbing Esau's heel. And so this continued, you know, for those who have deal with sibling rivalry at home, here's a prime example of that happened even in the womb before, uh, before, they, were, um, before they were walking around. But there was favoritism present. And favoritism is never good in a family. Um, but Rebecca favored Jacob. And, of course, we know that um, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, Isaac showed Esau favoritism, and Rebecca, yes, showed Jacob that favoritism as well. Early in the story, in Genesis 27, Rebecca overheard Isaac 
telling Esau that he wanted, being the oldest, by only a few seconds or minutes maybe, that he wanted uh, to bless him. And to, but he, before he did that, he wanted him to uh, go and kill uh, uh, you know, some, some venison, some meat, and to uh, bring it in for one of his stews that he prepared. Well, uh, Rebecca, having heard and favoring Jacob, you know, this, she had her own plan, her own device that Jacob seemed to go in with. And so uh, she said, you know, you go and, and kill the goats and we'll get your, some of your brother's uh, skins and place them on your neck and on your hands. And then, of course, when um, who uh, Jacob thought was, uh, excuse me, who Isaac thought was, was Esau, it was Jacob, and he's coming in to be blessed. And he said, well, it's the voice of Esau, um, or the voice of Jacob, but the, the hands and the neck of Esau. And so Jacob convinced him that it was Esau, and we know that Jacob was cheated or, or received the blessing that Esau, as the older, uh, should have received. Now we begin Jacob's wow moments. And what we're going to do here for a moment this morning is uh, go on a little bit of a journey. Like we've said in our sermon series, uh, charting the course, help for navigating life's journey. But we're going to look at Jacob's journey. And as Jacob was on his way to Laban, Scripture says in uh, Genesis 28, verse 11, and uh, I'm going to begin reading there, uh, 28, verse 11. It says, uh, he came to a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set and he took one of the stones and placed it under his head and laid down in that place. And again, this is Jacob. He had a dream. And again, let me back up and say this. The reason that he is walking, the reason that he's on his journey is because he's learned that Esau was mad. Uh, he, Esau came in and had the stew, had everything ready. And uh, Isaac informed him that he had already given the blessing to Jacob, uh, Isaac was deeply grieved, Esau was grieved, but Esau was mad. And Esau, it says in Scripture, uh, was seeking to kill Jacob. And so Rebekah says, Jacob, it's probably best that you leave. <laughs> and so Jacob, uh, or Rebekah had prepared a way for her to go and be with her, for, for Jacob to go and be with her brother. And so Jacob is on his journey. So he is departing. He came to a certain place, spent the night there in 2811. Because the sun had set, he took one of the stones of the place and put it under his head and laid down in that place. Verse 12, he had a dream and behold, a ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac in the land which you lie, I will give it to you and to your descendants. Your descendants will also be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you and in your descendants shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And then he reminds Jacob of something that all of the greats throughout the Old Testament were reminded of. In verse 15, he says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head and set up his pillar and poured oil on its top. He called the name of that place Bethel. However, previously the name of the city had been Luz. I want to draw your attention to Jacob's first wow moment. It has not, Jacob's spirituality has not been referenced yet in his story or in this journey that he has been on, that the Lord has called him on. He is the grandson of Abraham, but that doesn't mean that he is on the journey that God would have him to be on at this point in his life. 
It's one thing for to say that you're a son of a preacher or the son of or the grandson of a preacher, but it's something that must become personal in one's life. We can't just claim that relationship with or my neighbor is a preacher. You know, I've had people as soon as I, as soon as people learn I'm a preacher, they want to tell me about somebody who's that they know who's a preacher. You know, and um, but Jacob is having his first his first spiritual encounter according to the text this morning, and in verse uh, sixteen. He says, as he awoke from this dream of seeing the ladder and angels descending and ascending, he says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And then he says, he was afraid and said, and that afraid is that fear, that holy reverence, that awe, if you will, that's often referred to in Psalms and in Proverbs. It's not a fear as, as in cowering, but that fear is in holy reverence. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? In Jacob's life journey, he's now running away from the consequences of his lies and deceit and how God chooses to reveal himself in a powerful way to Jacob. Has this ever happened to you in your life? You're living and going about, um, you know, you're going away from God and he just does something awesome to get your attention. You're not living the kind of life that considered God and God uses someone or something to get your attention. God used a dream, in Jacob's case, of this ladder. And God began to um, uh, reveal his presence and his plan for Jacob here in this dream. Awe can have a powerful effect in your life and in mine. Maybe substitute awe for wow moments. Wow moments can have a, uh, a great effect in our life. We may be going about our business and doing our normal thing, and then all of a sudden we have one of those wow moments that I talked about earlier. And what may have been routine, what may have been ordinary, all of a sudden, we get a bigger picture that God's up to something. And he may just want to use you or me in this something that he is revealing to us. Albert Einstein once said, He who can no longer pause to wonder is as good as dead. Can you remember the last time that you were truly in awe of God? Awe has power to remind us of our own place in the grand order of things. I came across something this week that I tweaked. I, the author was unknown, but I chose to, I said, this has some substance to it, and I kind of reordered the words around, but it, it's to say this. Wow moments reorder our priorities. Wow moments reorder our priorities. Wow moments reopens our hearts. If our hearts have been closed, if we experience that wow moment, our hearts can begin to open once again. And wow moments recommits our souls. Wow moments can recommit our souls. There is a spiritual awakening taking place in Jacob. For too long, Jacob had been running on autopilot, taking the family's wealth and comfort for granted. Uh, he just assumed that everything is going to work out. And now he's entirely alone on this journey to see Laban in Haran. He's on the road running from his mistakes and from his family. And Jacob then has a wow moment. He begins to encounter God and God speaks to him in a dream in order to wake him up spiritually. Perhaps you're walking through a time of lonely travel like Jacob this morning. How is God seeking you to walk with him today and in the journey that you were on? Are you like Jacob and in need of a wow moment today? Has it been too long since you've experienced or have you ever experienced a wow moment? 
The next wow moment, I have to believe, is a little bit fleshly, but it turns spiritual, if you'll follow me here. But he, begins, he meets Rachel, and the Scripture tells us, um, uh, let's see, uh, he, was, he was coming up on the sheep there, coming up by the well, and Scripture tells us, he, as he met Rachel there in Genesis, that she was beautiful. The Scripture is very clear about that. Jacob learned that she was Laban's daughter. He met Laban and was welcomed in Haran. Jacob had an agreement with Laban to work seven years for Rachel. And the time came, and we all know what happened. He gave him Leah, Rachel's sister. He felt, he felt betrayed. Laban said, serve with her uh, for a week, and I will give you Rachel. And he did this with the agreement that he would work for Laban for another seven years, and he did. As Jacob's story continues, Laban's attitude toward Jacob, uh, Scripture says, became not friendly. And so Jacob left secretly. Laban caught up with him and overtook him. However, Laban was warned in a dream not to harm Jacob. I love how dreams work in the Old Testament. And let me just add that God is still using dreams today. I know in the Islamic population uh, where uh, the gospel presentation can be uh, quite harmful for any missionary, God is still speaking in dreams to people, drawing people to himself today. As he began to return to his homeland, Jacob had great concern regarding Esau. Remember the last time that when he left home, Esau basically wasn't going to sleep until, I mean, he was mad. He was grieved, but he was mad. And so, not knowing what that response is going to look like, one evening before meeting Esau, once again, Jacob found himself alone, and Scripture uh, tells us that he wrestled with a man until daybreak. In in Genesis chapter 32, uh, beginning at verse 24, Scripture tells us that Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him again until daybreak. And um, the next, Jacob's next wow moment again, was this wrestling with the angel of God. Let's read this. When he saw that he was not, when he had not prevailed against him, meaning this angel of God, he touched the socket of his thigh, so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with God. He wrestled with him. When he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking, but he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God with men and have prevailed. Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. Therefore, to this day, the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is on the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. As I was meditating and thinking about this, you know, you and I have had times in our lives, have we not, where we've wrestled with God? I found a a great summary that I want to read that I think is just very, very fitting uh, this morning, but it's by a pastor's name is John Byerly, and he states this, what I love in this story is that God doesn't throw him down and pin him, which would be no challenge to God. God allows himself to be drawn into a draw. He has no ego at stake. His desire is not to beat us up or to beat us down. His desire is to raise us up, restoring us all to what we were meant to be, his friends. But we cannot be his friend when we engage life as a constant effort to put ourselves ahead of others, including God. Wouldn't a simple pin have sufficed? Yes, if God had simply wanted to win the match. But that's not what he wanted. He wanted to win the man. 
By wrestling God to a draw, but having his hip displaced, Jacob had a continual reminder that his self-sufficiency must come to an end. Having it my way must cease. He learned the very lesson Paul learned, that my grace is sufficient for your every need. God's power is made evident through our weaknesses and not our strength. You and I have a tendency to rely too much on ourselves. I know I do, and I know at times I think the people of God do. We have resources. We know how to get things done. And so we pursue the means in which we can take care of the needs and the things that are before us. But there is a sense, a call, if you will, today to remind us to be careful about our self-sufficiency. Jacob's wow moment, the last one that we will look at today, is here as he's wrestling with this angel of God. John Byerly also states there was another time when God wrestled with man on a place called the Villa Dolorosa in Jerusalem. This time God let man win. He allowed himself to be pinned, more precisely nailed down. Man in all his arrogance and self-righteousness and self-sufficiency threw the Son of God to the ground and nailed him to a cross, and God allowed it. He who, with his little pinky, could have wiped out the entire Roman army, allowed himself to be pinned. Why? God didn't care about winning the match. He cared about winning the men and the women that he came to save. The cross is humankind in all of its arrogance against a God who supremely shows his heart. It is the cross that dislocates our self-sufficiency and reminds us that we cannot win in life apart from God. There will always be problems greater than us, always Esau's in the world that are seeking our harm. But God says, my grace is sufficient for your every need. Hold on to me tightly, and when you do, I will change your name to one who overcomes. It is my hope that you have had and are still having wow moments in relationship to the cross of Christ in your life. Just like these moments were defining in Jacob's life. The latter, the the meeting of Rachel and Laban's family, and here now wrestling with this angel of God. It was a wow moment that Jacob, which, of, ja- of which Jacob would never be the same. There's something about coming into the presence of God. There's something about God working in our, wi- in our life in unexpected ways and in unexpected moments that can have life-altering and life-changing consequences. I love the, the term game-changer. We talk about it in reference to employment. We talk about it in reference to our careers, in reference to finances, in references, obviously, to ball games. that at this point, things began to turn around for whatever situation or team that we may be talking about. Jacob had a few of these game-changing moments. My hope and prayer is that you, this morning, have had some wow moments in your life where you may have been walking in one direction And because of God's presence that showed up and was revealed to you, maybe in a personal way or maybe through circumstances or situations in your life, that things began to to take a different course because God showed up and maybe showed up unexpectedly to begin to turn things around. I want to ask a question, a couple questions as we begin to conclude, but what can we personally learn from Jacob's voyage or course that can help us on our own? And I think the first thing is we must learn that we must establish our own relationship with God. Again, like I said earlier, it's not enough that so-and-so, that my father was a pastor, or that which he's, he wasn't, but just to use that as an example, or my grandfather, you know, it wasn't enough for Jacob to say, well, God called Abraham, 
he was my grandfather, to leave, and, to, and, and Abraham was obedient, and Abraham was considered a friend of God. And so a, Jacob can't stand before God and talk about Abraham. Jacob must stand before God and answer for Jacob. You and I must establish our own relationship with God. God's promise offered to Abraham and Isaac was also offered to Jacob as well. We are reminded that God uses imperfect people for divine purposes. And I'm thankful that he still does that today. He did it in the life of Abraham. We see here where he's done it in the life of Jacob. And he continues to do that among his people today. Another question is, how does Jacob's journey speak to the journey of Boiling Springs Baptist Church? How does this speak to the voyage uh, that that you and I find ourselves on? How do we chart our course? What does Jacob have as we seek out to chart our course? God stayed committed to Jacob despite himself. And God wants to remind us that he is also committed to us as well. Jacob fell short, and we often fall short. But we need to be reminded of the passage that I read earlier, and those words that are in almost to every, when Jeremiah was called, when Moses was called, we see it here with Jacob, and we see it with many of the other Old Testament heroes, when God said, I am with you. If Jacob knew all the things that he was going to face, if a lot of these Old Testament heroes knew all the things that they were going to face, they may have given up from day one. But God reminds, he doesn't display and and tell them everything that they're going to face. But the one thing he does promise them is his presence. The one thing God promises you and promises us as a church is his presence. We must look to him. We must follow him. We must trust in him. And as we do that, we must have that uh, desire to walk obediently with him. We will see things and discover things and experience him in ways that we would otherwise never experience. God's attitude toward Jacob was, I'm not stopping until we get this done. It wasn't worded just like that in Scripture, but we could go back to some of the Scriptures that we just read and see that portrayed. God was continually making Jacob more aware of his presence. Let's go back and remind ourselves of how he was doing that. He was doing it through ladders that reached down from the heavens. He was doing it through wrestling with angels and in meeting his brother that once wanted to kill him, but who has now forgiven him. There's no way that we can go through the entire story of Jacob and every piece of this puzzle that is Jacob and that fits his story in one Sunday morning. We do not have time to do that. But we can see the overarching picture of what God is doing in Jacob's life. God is making his presence known in Jacob's life. God is making his presence known in ways here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. And in our lives, let us be open to see and to respond to his presence in appropriate ways. Jacob had a responsibility. He had a calling on his life. Our calling is not Jacob's calling. Your calling, my calling is not Jacob's, but we have our own calling. You and I have the choice, just like Abraham was mentioned last week, how are we going to respond? We will respond, but what will our response be? Will our response be, Father, I'm yours. Do with me as you like. Will it be like Isaiah said, here I am, send me? What will your response and our response be? And how will we respond as a church? Came across a great story this week. Uh, Somebody once asked Winston Churchill what most prepared him to risk political suicide by speaking out against Hitler during the years of the appeasement in the mid-1930s and then to lead Great Britain against Nazi Germany. And Churchill said it was the time that he had to repeat a grade in elementary school. You mean you failed a year in grade school, he asked. Winston Churchill said, I never failed anything in my life. I was given a second opportunity to get it right. 
Jacob had a lot in common with Winston Churchill, and I'm afraid you and I do as well. He wouldn't admit to failure in anything. For Jacob, it was all about coming out on top. It was all about winning. And Jacob usually found a way to get what he wanted, but God gave him a second chance to get it right. And when Jacob is on his way home after being gone away for 20 years, we see of this forgiveness that took place between Esau and Jacob. Let me ask you this morning, do you have your own relationship with God this morning? And do you need to be reminded that God's not finished with you yet? Do you need to hear those words that Jacob and all of our Old Testament heroes heard when God said, I am with you? Do we need to be reminded that we have also been called We've also been called to be the presence of Christ, the faithful presence of Christ in our own homes, in our workplaces, in this church, and within our community. And how are we doing at that? I want to ask you this morning, when was the last time that you experienced a wow moment? I would venture to say for many of you who were here at VBS, there were at some point during the week you experienced a wow moment because we had many of them this week. And I'm grateful for the ways that I saw our church family. As we think about our church, and I've been, we've been challenged in many ways uh, this morning about uh, how we are responding to God's call but, and how we are seeing these wow moments, but I cannot brag enough on the people from our church this week and how they loved on kids. And I'm excited about the wow moments that I experienced. I went home in tears one night just driving home because I was thinking back through of images in my mind, scenes that took place one night uh, just all the way from pickup when we were not knowing what we would be encounter when we pulled up at one home uh, to, the, you know, to, the, to, the, to the last conversations I had with a little, uh, little boy, uh, Darius. Many of you know, if you were here at Bible school, you remember Darius. And Darius looked at Alan one night. You remember this, Alan? He said on the van, he said, um, he said did God just sit on his world? Does God just sit on his couch and make worlds? You remember that? And uh, Alan says, well, it, it maybe was a little something like that. And he asked Alan, he said, Alan, can you make worlds? And Alan said, I can't make worlds. Only God can make worlds. But he was sincerely having a conversation as a four-year-old can about God. And you could just see it in his eyes. You could see just something that he had a wow moment. I don't know what happened during the course of that night in Bible school, but something happened and, uh, in his eyes. And you could just see it in his face. He was open to learn more about this God that created the world and that loves him. And my hope and prayer is that I think there's a message there for you and I this morning. As we think about our wow moments, uh, let us be reminded of little Darius this week and let us be challenged by his uh, young and simple faith. As we leave this place today, first of all, again, I challenge you, have you had that wow moment where you have come to know the Lord in a personal way? If you haven't, I'd love to talk with you about that today. But as we leave this place today, as we go up on a vacation here or there this summer, as we uh, hopefully stay in the air condition today though, but as you, as you go about your life this summer, I want you to be open to how God is working in the midst of the unexpected and, and be open to how God would allow, allow you to, uh, to see and experience wow moments. And uh, what wow moment may he want to uh, create or have happen in your life this summer? Let's talk about that. When we get together for Sunday school, when we get together in the parking lot or at men's study or around a fellowship meal, and if you experience a wow moment with someone or, or in some way this summer, uh, share that with someone, if you will. Father, we thank you for taking imperfect and flawed individuals and using us for greater purposes. We're thankful, Father, that when we experience these wow moments, that, Lord, you do reorder our priorities. That, Father, we may be going one way, and, Father, you begin to allow us to sense your and feel your presence. And, and 
it may change the course of direction in our lives. Father, I'm grateful for what you're doing in this place, and I'm grateful for the people that identify with Boiling Springs Baptist Church. I'm grateful for the community that you have placed us in, and Father, help us to be mindful that there are those who desperately need to hear and to experience and see the love of God in our lives. Father, help us to be faithful, and Lord, help us to be open to the wow moments that you may speak to, that you may use in our lives this summer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've never had that wow moment where was the beginning point, was the starter, uh, was the game changer for you in your life, I invite you to come and talk with me about that today. If you're struggling with something, I'd love to pray with you. I would love to um, talk with you about church membership, if that would be your desire this morning. Let's stand and sing together. What a great day to be in God's house. Hope you have a great week. I want to encourage you to come back tonight at 6 o'clock. Our daycare children will be singing, and uh, you may experience a wow moment. Um, George has already gave us one this morning in her singing. So um, I think our choir has our benediction. God bless. I hope you have a great week.